0: God, we thank you so much for our time together. We thank you so much that you invented laughter and joy. But, Father, we also are uh, steeped in sin, and we need to get out, and your power alone can do it. So, Father, as we break open your word, obviously, God, we just need you to break open our hearts and our lives so that we can see you and be released so that we can truly, truly be free. God, we pray that in Jesus' name. And if you agree, you said? Amen. Amen. So, um, uh, I don't know about you, but, uh, there's obviously a few people in the room who agree that, that sometimes you just kind of hit, you hit that moment where you find yourself dipped in selfishness. Have you ever hit that wall and you're just like totally appalled at yourself and you're thinking, I don't know how, but that just actually came out of my mouth. I mean, there's situations that you find yourself that they are there. Maybe you robust or subtle ways that just like sneak in on you to think you are just a really depraved person, you know, and if you haven't felt that recently, uh, maybe there's just a, there's some things happening in your life that are just trying to get your attention to the fact of, this life is not just about me. I've had a few situations where I just feel like I've gotten caught. It's almost been like I've gotten caught in a situation where there's my selfishness. There is my pride on display. And I don't know about you, but whenever you get caught in these situations, I, um, I've got a term for it, and I want to share it with you guys. Uh, I say to myself, welcome to Meville. It's called, it's called, I have and live in a place where I'm the only one that's been invited to this party. I'm not sure what you're doing in my bubble because this is Meville. Come on, anybody with me? Anybody feel like, um, when you're, when you're in Meville, you're just, your selfishness reigns and the population is one. You know, it's like, welcome, welcome, but you're not welcome here. Welcome to Meville because it's all about me. The, the only space that we really have is just, is right here and I've already filled it up. I know where things go right? And I know where things need to be placed. I know how they operate. Come on, somebody. And if anybody else comes in my world and tries to move things, you're just going to mess it up. So I would just rather you not come. You know, And uh, it, it, that happens in conversations. It happens the way you come across. You know, have you ever caught yourself and you just, you say something and then you're, and your loving spouse is like, Hey, are, are you okay? The way you came across. You're like, what? No, that was normal. Ooh, is it normal? Like that is so, that is so bad. I don't know about you, but whenever I get caught in Meville in this selfish place, the only, the only thing that I can actually get out of is to focus on something bigger than me, which, which when you're in Meville, let's just be honest, you're a big deal. Like you're a big, you're a big deal. Like so much so that when you're driving, maybe you've been driving to work and, uh, and maybe today is like different than all the other days. Cause you're not in a rush. You're just like finally casually driving and you, you've been make up a little bit of time. And then some dude just pulls in front of you and cuts you off. And you're thinking, who do you think you are? Do you know who I am? Wait, what do you mean? Do I know who, Where did that come from? Have you ever been caught there? You're like, this is so bad. Like you feel like as an adult, honestly, you would be away from childish things. But sometimes they just, uh, they just kind of pop up and you're thinking, I still live, I still live in Meville, where it's just about, just about me. I, I feel like I came across a verse not so long ago. I want to share it with you. It's in Jeremiah 23, Jeremiah 23. And this is what it says. I am the God. He's, a, he is a declaration. This is a truth. This is God himself speaking to you and me. He says, am I not a God who is near? Like, is that not true? You know that because you know the Christmas story that God so loved the world that he actually sent down Jesus so that he says his name is going to be Emmanuel, which means what? With us. God is with you. Yes, he is a God who is with you. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows every detail of your life. He knows the thoughts before you have them. So this first part, we're thinking, yeah, we got that. If you've been around Grace Church for quite some time, you know that one of the biggest values of us is that we have a God who is near that we can have a personal relationship with. Amen. But at the same time, he doesn't stop there. God's like, okay, let's break out of your world just for a moment. He says, I am a God who is, yes, at hand and near. But at the same time, am I not a God who is far away? come on, am I not a God who is big? He's not saying far away as in he's distant. No, no, no. He's saying big because you can't fit him in your little world. He's just too big for that. You can't limit God. He is majestic. He is huge. He is grandeur. And if you think you know the limitations of God, you haven't even touched a part of it. Come on, you catching this? God is saying, yes, there is a God who is near, who is close, who loves you so deeply and knows and even separates the thoughts and the motives, the soul and the spirit with his breath and with his life. Yes, that is a God. That's true. But at the same time, he goes, he is also a God who is far and large and big and huge. Can a man hide himself in secret places so I cannot see him? God says, is there anything you can do that God doesn't know about? Is there any place that you can go that God is not there? David said, if I go make my bed in hell, you're there. If I go up to the heights of the heaven, you're there. If I if I extend to the east and to the west, you, come on somebody, are there. You're a God who is close, but also wherever I go, wherever I imagine, whatever my dream, you're going to do bigger than that. Because at some point in time, church, we have to break out of our little worlds, out of our meville, out of our selfishness, and get into a world that absolutely overwhelms us with the all striking ability of who God is. And then he says this Did I not fill the heavens and the earth? I love that. Like it's, it's a capstone sentence. Do I not fill the heavens and the earth? Am I not a God who is close and far, who is big and wide, huge and personal? Am I not the God who fills the heavens and fill the earth? I, I just, um, I think one of the closest things that you can get to just imagining what filling looks like is uh, just take a, take a look at where you're sitting. Look at your seat right now. Just look at your seat. You can't even fill up your seat. Like you just scoot around, fill it up, hold it. You can't even fill it up. But God fills the earth and he fills the heavens. Come on, we, we we get so tight in our little world that we think, hey, I'm a big deal in my circle. And if I want to make myself feel better, what I do is focus on people that are worse than me. And so Meville gets even even more populated with my ego. But if we were just to break out of that for a moment and say there are so many issues, so many problems, so many opportunities around me that I need to break out into away from my familiar, away from my existence, away from my little routine, away from my tradition, outside of the ordinary, outside of my comfort zone, so I can go attach myself to other people. I realize how big God really is so that I can't limit him anymore so that I can see his activity, I can see what he's doing, so that I can break open the wonder and the awe of God. When was the last time you were just, you just sat back and you were just awed by what God does? Exodus 15 says, who is like you, God? Who is who is like you? Like, what can I compare that actually comes close to you? I remember being a little kid and, and remember seeing my dad. and My dad was huge. He was strong. He could do everything. That's maybe what God's like. Nope. Because the moment that you try to compare anybody or anything to God, he is so much bigger than that. He says, who is like you, O God? You're majestic in holiness. When was the last time you used the word majestic? You were going to the store and you're like, wow, that's cool. And majestic? You know, like, there's just words that you can't use until you get into the Bible and you're thinking, oh my gosh, God, you are so amazing. You're majestic. You're majestic in holiness. And then, and then he says he's awesome in deeds. That's right. Look at it. That's actually a biblical word. Awesome. Awe inspiring. It's something that makes you go, awe. Oh. Right? It, it's in the Bible. It's in the Old Testament. So it's, it's not a street word. It's a biblical word. But when was the last time you used awesome? I remember just a little bit ago, I was like, Hey man, you got a pin I can borrow? Oh, awesome. You're like, really? You just described awesome when borrowing a pin? You just, you need to get out more. You know what I'm saying? You're like, I think I live under a rock. If you think that's awesome. God is like, no, no, no. Awesome. Let me just say awesome is his deeds because why he does wonders. We just need to break out of our world and and stop putting mirrors up and just living in Meville and thinking, oh, man, I just need a good subscription of you, God, because you are so big. I just need to break open your world, your Bible, so that I can be expanded. My soul can be expanded. My view, my eyes, my mind, my life can be expanded past this little place that I live. So I I can see more. I can do more. That I can actually live the way you want me to live. Right now, sometimes I only serve one person, and it's me. Population of Meville, welcome. You know, it's just, it's so repetitive sometimes. It, honestly, I don't know about you, but it gets old. It gets really old. And the only antidote to break out of Meville is to get a dose of something bigger than you, and it's a God who created the heavens and created the earth, who is displayed in his grandeur inside of his word. I was reading Psalm chapter 50 the other day, and I was reading through, and I don't know if you ever do this, but you get caught up by some of the words, and, and I got caught up by this particular idea. He said, um, he, was, he was searching the entire world. He was looking over the earth for, for people, and he was describing this people and that group, and, and then he gets to this, and he says um he, he says, but this, God says, I declare to the wicked, And I was like, well, I can just pass by that section. Have you ever done that? You're like, sin. You're like, no, don't deal with that. You're like, you know, fault finding. You're like, no, judging people. No, clear. Like, oh, I'm a disciple. And you just kind of pass by some of those uh, scriptures. Well, I did that with the psalm here. And and I was like, and and it says, God says, I declare this to the wicked. And then I was like, well, what does he say to the other people? Not me. And so I just kept reading. And it says, um, what right do you have to actually recite my statutes? My word is perfect. Are you perfect? No. My word is inerrant. It is is absolutely beautiful. Uh, What about you? My word is holy. What about you? And there's just this conflict, this difficulty. And I was like, maybe, unfortunately, maybe there's a a little bit of qualification to me being in the category that God says is wicked. Then he goes on. He goes, for you who are wicked, who hate discipline. I'm like, come on, raise your hand if you love you some discipline. You're like, really? Isn't that what Hebrew says that that all the while God disciplines those He loves? But you got to realize that while discipline seems difficult at the time, it comes out as beneficial and purposeful in the end. But but then again, here I am. I'm 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 one of those. I I don't really like discipline. And then he says, um, what about this? He said, verse 18, if you see a thief, and you're actually pleased with him, I see other people, and I realize that you know there's there's situations that are going on that I'm like, man, maybe I should be more like that. Maybe I should cook corners. Maybe I shouldn't be so honest. Maybe I shouldn't really care about integrity because they seem to be having it very well. And then I get jealous of them. And I think maybe I am in that category. You who give your mouth to just rain in evil and your tongue who actually gives deceit. There I go again. Maybe that's a little bit of me. And then, and then the kicker. This is what he says in verse 21. All these things you have done, God says, everything that I just listed, you've done but he says, I've been silent. Everything that I just listed are like secondary matters. Everything that I just listed are like behavior modification. Everything that I just mentioned are secondary ideas of a heart condition. And God says, I've been silent about those because those aren't really the issue. Here's the issue. He's, and here's what he says. You thought that I was like you. God says, you thought you made the mistake thinking that God was like you. You think that just because I'm near, that I'm weak. You think just because I'm close to you, that I'm limited. You think just because God loves you so much that he's okay with you doing things in a sinful nature. Don't ever think, don't ever make the mistake God says here in 15. It just kind of pulled me and wrecked me for a good one to say, don't make the mistake of thinking that God is like you. And when we move through here, why would we think that? I mean, he's the creator of the world. He's the creator of us. He created human beings. He allowed us to breathe, to walk, to move. And in Him, we live, we move, and we have our being. Everything that we look around, we just get awed to say, Oh, God, you made the trees. I don't know if it was the last time you checked, but trees actually give you oxygen. Like, <laughs> that's a crazy notion. Like, those green things out there are allowing you to breathe. We have living water on this planet, and there is no other one in the galaxy ever known that has the conditions we do. I mean, this is not random. It's just an all striking ability that God's already placed in matter that he's just, I want you to be moved by my beauty. I want you to be in awe of me. I want you to wonder again. You know, I got to be honest, technology is wonderful, but sometimes I think that technology has taken the wonder out of our world. Machines are an answer to prayer, but honestly, some machines are just allowing us not to pray. Well, why should we? We're going to maybe invent something. Somebody else is taking care of it. See, whenever we have that mentality of somebody else's issue, somebody else will fix that. I hope somebody else steps up. We live in a world that's passive. Church, can I tell you, if you're a Christian and you're following Jesus, your life is never supposed to be passive. We're supposed to be involved in our lives So that our world expands and when our world expands your problems inside of your world expands and when that happens You need to give them to a god who can handle all those big issues. Come on somebody You know what happens because what happens is we don't get into issues if we don't get into relationships If we don't get our hands dirty what we do is just tuck ourselves away in isolation. We think, hey, I can handle this. I can do this. This is my world. This is where I live. This is where I'm comfortable. And then your, your prayers start to dwindle. Your church starts to dwindle. You don't read the word. Your need for God goes down. And all of a sudden your world closes in on you. You're thinking, here I am in Meville again. I'm not dreaming of the impossible. I'm not realizing that God wants to do amazing things, not only in my life, but also in my family and also in our city. When was the last time you just drove around and you, and you just looked around at all the hurt and the hopelessness right here in the city in which you work, you live, you get coffee, you go to the grocery store? There are things around here that we're not supposed to go out there to judge. We're supposed to go out there to heal, to love on to be in display and just to to ask somebody, hey, have you ever met this God that does the impossible? Can I pray for you so that I can introduce you to the Jesus that I know of the Bible so that he can wreck your world for the better? maybe our worlds are just too small. We need to expand them. If, if you don't have the opportunity to go out and serve other people, maybe the only thing you're thinking of is just your needs. Well, this is what I need to do today. This is what I need to do this week. Well, expand it a little bit. Increase your responsibility and take ownership of some other people's lives so you can say, God, there are so many things happening. You got to bring this list back to him. I got so many friends that have prayer requests. I have so many issues in our city that you just constantly bringing back to God. You're not supposed to have them weigh down on your shoulder. It's not supposed to weigh your heart down. It's not supposed to weigh your mind down. That's the stuff that you're supposed to give to God so that we can continue. God, this is impossible. Will you show up? God, this is miraculous and you have to do something so that we can stand on the brink of the impossible and risk our lives so that we can actually have faith. If Church, if you're involved right now of a day-to-day life that doesn't require faith, it's not pleasing God. The only thing that he wants from us is just to live, to live in a way that actually displays there is a God who walks this thing out and he wants to be displayed in his people. Are you living a lifestyle that's actually past your comfort, so that we can display, God, you're so big, so majestic, you're doing awesome deeds and I want to be able to display you, constantly having conversations about answered prayers and miraculous things and the impossible happening so that we can see you do your thing. I remember not so long ago, I came across a, uh, a story and it was about an author who was going to take a few months off to go over to a place in Europe. I can't remember where it was, just so he can get away and uh, get some isolation. Uh, around in his world, in America, he just said he wants to to get away, just to have some solitude time. So he went over for a few months and he went over to Europe. And while he was there, he's a Christian. And, and so he, um, he found a a church like literally down the street. He would walk there every single Sunday. And it was a, it was a small church. And so he'd go in there every single week. And that was really his only interaction because during the week he was alone by himself doing writing. And, uh, every single Sunday he would go in and he'd hear the pastor and he'd hear the conversations with the people. And, and, um, Every single week, it would be very, very similar. Very similar to the things that they did last week, to the things this week. So much so that he started hearing the prayers of the pastor and the prayers of the church. And and some of the the dialogue and the conversation that these people were having were were very similar to um, one week. It would say, hey, I'm I'm going on vacation this time. So um, can you watch over my house and can you pray for safety? So they prayed for safety. Another week, it was, hey, I... I need to be um, asking for protection because uh, something happened. So they, they prayed for protection. They said, they, they have a situation with our family. Hey, can you pray over this situation with my family? Or uh, we need provision. We just pray for provision with our, our family. And months went by. And he finished his writing project. And he ended up leaving. And uh, he was asked about his church and the experience that he had with those people. And this is what he said. My conclusion was that they were a village people who worshipped a village God. They were a group of people who only had room for a, a God to fit inside of their world. They were living in Meville to say, what do we need to pray about? What do we need to talk about? It just confines in our circle. Church, whatever it is, may it not be so with us. May we know what's happening in the world May we know what God's doing in the nation. May we actually have a glimpse of what God's doing in our city so that we can continue to agree with him that his activity and his kingdom is never going to stop. His kingdom is forcefully advancing and forceful men lay a hold of it. Amen. Amen. God's kingdom is moving forward and all we have to do is say, God, I need eyes to see what you're doing because I want to join in on the activity. I want to see where you're answering prayers because I want to go over there so that you can answer some of these things. I want to be involved in a family and a people group that actually mingle with the impossible so that I get my faith stretched. I get my imagination moved. I can see the hurt in people so that I can be involved in the family to say, you know what? God has a lot of work that he needs to do so that we can give him the things instead of just living inside of this little comfortable Meville and the selfish place where the only ones invited are our pride and our ego so that we can... Move out of that world and say, God, I need you to stretch my imagination. In Acts 17, I love what they said. It says, um, you know, this is the God who made the entire world and everything in it. Will you just let that get into your mind as a, a good mental picture. He's the God who made the world and everything in it. He's the one that spoke it. There is nothing that has been made that isn't made for him and through him and to him. Come on, somebody catching this. Everything that you see, God made. He says everything that is coming down from heaven is a gift of God. Everything, everything in the world and around it is from him. And then he says heaven and earth also is the Lord's. But you got to realize that, I love the way he finishes up, he says you got to realize that, that it's nothing that is here, uh, temples or houses, anything built by human hands that can actually allow God to fit in there. We, we have to know that this church in these big walls, God's never going to fit in here because God doesn't dwell in houses and temples built by man. He doesn't dwell in places built by us. He needs to be in a world that actually needs room to move, to grow, to expand. Anybody else claustrophobic? Anybody else not like small places? Anybody else don't like to be cramped? Let me ask you another question. Anybody have a plane ride in which you sit in the middle seat and it bugs you? Come on, more hands should be going up at that time. Who? Okay, let me ask maybe a reverse question. Anybody like sitting in the middle seat? that would be weird. Okay, good. So when you're in a plane and you're in the middle seat, you're cramped. Like you just don't have any room. And I think they're getting smaller as the airlines continue to, you know, the seats are like, okay, you're going to, we're going to push you in. And that, that's, that's like the idea. You don't have really, I don't know about you, but there's barely room to breathe. You, you turn your vent on, but you're like, you can't even, I'm sorry. Can you reach? can you reach that? Thank you. Oh, pass pass me my fork. Okay. And then you're like, you know, this is me right in the middle seat. This is my space. Don't move outside. You got to go to the bathroom. People look at you like, come on, you got to go to the bathroom. We're on a flight for six hours. What are you doing? Getting out of the bathroom. This is your space. You know, like that. I feel like that's, you ever feel like that? You just in your life, Huh, come on. God just needs some room to move a little bit. You just need to get out. Maybe just take a different way to, to church and maybe take a different way to work. Maybe when you're driving, just take a little bit different avenues so that you can see parts of the city that you've never seen before. When was the last time you drove around and just prayed over some of the people that you see? When was the last time you introduced yourself to somebody at the grocery store, or the coffee shops, or the place that you frequent so that you can engage in a personal relationship with these people to realize what they're going through is actually a big deal. And all you have to do is not weigh down for their burden. Just take their burden and say, I'm going to give it back to God. And I want to introduce you to a God who does the impossible. We need our worlds to expand. We need to serve more. We need to, we need to be in small groups so that we can actually get to know other people around us so that our world gets bigger. And when our world gets bigger, our God can actually have room to fit in the middle. Now, I love the Gospels. There are four accounts of of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And uh, I want to leave you with this particular idea. In John, at the very end of him giving all these accounts about Jesus, um, him doing miraculous things, healing, protesting life through his words, and loving the people. Jesus just is recorded through 21 amazing spellbinding chapters. And then he gets to this. John chapter 21 verse 25. John concludes his entire book with this one sentence. Now, there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Come on, did you just get that? Let that sink in. Let me read it again. Let me read it again. John concludes his entire book. This is the last sentence. Now, there are also many other things that Jesus did with all of them would be written. I suppose that The world itself could not contain the books that would be written. God, God in his grandeur is displayed in this book, but he's not limited to this book. All we're supposed to do is get in here and expand our world to realize we are a part of a bigger story that has a bigger God. And if we would just take him at his word and believe what he says is true, We would step out in an everyday capacity and be awed and wondered by all of his deeds so that we could say, even if we recorded everything that God did, every single library, every single space on this earth wouldn't be able to contain the recordings and the activity of who our God is. That's the God that we need to serve, the God of the impossible, the God who fills heaven and earth in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email cornerstonecom.comcast.net, at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you.